This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. and We want to provide our listeners with lots and lots of good information to help you make informed real estate decisions. Now, friend a little while back said, Don, my transistor radio broke. I can't listen anymore. Well, I had to say there are ways for you to listen. If you do listen on your radio, uh, remember, that's from Sacramento to Bakersfield, the Sierra Nevadas to the ships at sea. You can hear it on 940 a.m. You can also stream the show by visiting our website, which is kynofresno.com. Or simply download the the mobile app on your phone uh, and ask for Alexa to play Kino Fresno. So there you go. You can listen every Saturday from 9 to 10. And especially today because we have a really good guest. He's no rookie to this show. Uh, and that's Mr. John Shore of the Community Housing Council. Good morning, John. Good morning, Don. Pleasure to be here. All right. It's been a couple of years. It has so, been uh, a little while, yes. You, you weren't mad at me or anything. No, not at all. I think uh, you invited me and I had another obligation, And but I'm happy to be here anytime you want me. Okay. It had nothing to do with the ratings plummeting or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you thought they were plummeting before I got here. Wait a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay, tell us, what is the Community Housing Council? Well, I love it when people ask me that question because I am one of the founders of the Community Housing Council. And quite frankly, when I was involved back in the early 2000s, I didn't really envision that we would become a HUD-approved housing counseling agency. Across the United States, there's about 3,800 of HUD-approved agencies. And um, with that uh, number of agencies, there's about 38 hundred counselors that have been certified by HUD. So what we do is help people that want to become homeowners. Our tagline is moving people into homes. So we do that by giving them education as far as what it takes to buy a home, how do you qualify, how do you pick a lender, how do you pick a real estate agent. And uh, we do that a couple of different ways. One is by offering a first-time homebuyers class, a live class again, at our office. It's an eight-hour class on a Saturday. Or we meet, have you meet one-on-one with a counselor. And the advantage of meeting with a counselor is that there are times where somebody is ready to buy in their mind, but their pocketbook doesn't qualify them or their credit doesn't qualify them. So we do a lot of financial management and budgeting where we get them mortgage ready. Work on that credit, work on that savings, whatever it takes to get them in front of a lender and get pre-qualified. Okay. Also, we, we often use the term HUD, but not everybody's going to know what that is. So what is HUD? Well, it took me a long time to spell HUD. <laughs> I, I could imagine. <laughs> and I have a standy joke that HUD spelled backwards is duh. <laughs> but I never say that on the radio. Oh, wait a minute. I just You did. are on the radio. <laughs> So HUD is the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development. 
And they used to do a lot more than they do now. They used to be pretty much in charge of all mortgage lending. But since the Dodd-Frank Act was passed back in 2010, a lot of the uh, regulation and regulatory things that HUD used to do all got pushed over to the CFPB, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. The one thing that HUD does, and they actually do three things, but the, one of the main things that they still regulate is fair housing and fair lending. And there's still a lot of fair housing and fair lending uh, claims that HUD receives every year. In fact, it's an astronomical number. The other thing they do, and probably uh, the, the most important thing, is that they run the FHA mortgage insurance program and the FHA loan, as you know, is one that really helps and has helped a lot of Valley people get into home ownership. And then the last thing that they do, and this again was part of the Dodd-Frank Act, is that they are in charge of the Office of Housing Counseling. So within HUD, there is another office called the Office of Housing Counseling. They got their own logo and everything, and uh, they're the ones who regulate what we do at our office. Okay. And for housing counseling, that means people can come in, talk to you like you're the, the uncle. And, and <laughs> Sometimes. Say, yeah. How do I go about this whole process? Well, it usually starts out with somebody um, calling about wanting to get in one of our home buyer classes. And uh, if we have already talked to them about their credit, their income, and know that they're probably not ready for the class because, you know, I'd like people to go from the class out there to buy a home. And if we know that's not going to happen, we'll still let them come to the class, but it's, it's more important to get them in front of a counselor one-on-one. -on -one. Again, to work with the credit, to, to learn what the lender's going to look at when they approve that loan. And uh, so usually it starts out with a phone call. Sometimes, although, Don, people find us because if they already have a house and they're struggling with the payment, lenders are required to send them a letter telling them that we see you're struggling, we know you're having problems, here's a list of the housing counseling agencies in your area. And, of course, we're one of the few ones in Fresno County, so we're right at the top of that list. And that's where we get a lot of our folks that come to us. And I got to hand it to the Community Housing Council. I remember back in 2008, 2009, a lot of people were struggling. Oh, they yeah. didn't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. And you would, you and your staff would help out on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, and we saw so many people. That was uh, something that I still have nightmares about. There just was so many people so a lot of people that got into trouble didn't know about us. So they would try to talk to their lenders and try to do their own loan modifications. And they gave up. They, they couldn't get the lender to approve them. And then they heard about us, and we'd tell them, look, let us try to get you approved. And in many cases, uh, we were able to get them approved in a short period of time because, believe it or not, they didn't fill out their loan modification application correctly. It's that simple. I remember one lady in particular, and uh, she's actually been in this studio because I had her on a radio show one day. I may have been subbing for you if I th remember right. And uh, she had tried and tried to get a loan modification on her own, self-employed, and she wasn't qualifying. 
So when she came to us, we looked at her tax returns and said, well, you're overstating your income by quite a bit. Self-employed people very seldom really know what they make. Mm -hmm. So we did the paperwork, and lo and behold, she got a loan modification and just couldn't say enough good about the Community Housing Council. All right. And and so you guys truly are helping. And, And what's your geography? Do you go all the way beyond Fresno County? Or? If we get, we're allowed by HUD to uh, service Madera, Merced uh, counties, uh, Kings, Tulare, and Fresno counties. We actually tried to open an office in Bakersfield a few years back, and we weren't that well received down there. And I found out that uh, there, I guess there's a little rivalry between Fresno and Bakersfield that I was unaware of. So I guess we should have changed our name when we went down oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> but our work plan that we have filed with HUD, and they've approved it, includes those five counties I just mentioned. Now, if somebody contacts us from a different county, we will tell them who they should be talking to. Because we do get calls from the Central Coast, for example. And there's housing agencies over on the Monterey Peninsula. In fact, our agency was modeled after the one in Monterey years ago how how big is your staff well let me think it kind of comes and goes as the uh, need is out there but right now we've got four certified housing counselors working for us full-time plus myself as executive director we also have a setup person the person that actually does the initial intake and then we have a receptionist. So we've got, uh, I didn't keep count there, but I think that's about six people altogether, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you get funded by HUD? That's a great question. So yes, we do. Uh, HUD doesn't want to be our only funding source. And they actually run a number. And if, we're, if too much of our funding is coming from HUD, then they cut it back because they don't want us to have to depend upon them. There have actually been years where we haven't got any funding from them and have had very good years because, you know, then I get out there and beat the bushes. And thanks uh, to uh, all those banks that have given us nice grants over the years. Uh, Right now, for example, we're working with Cal HFA, which I think we're going to talk about later. And they're running a program called the California Mortgage Relief Program. And we got a tremendous amount of money from that program to help people here in the Central Valley. So it is a nonprofit agency that if somebody just decided they wanted to donate a hundred bucks or thousand bucks, is it a tax deductible? Oh, absolutely. We are a charitable organization, meaning we have the IRS 50C3. 501C, yeah. You know, I get get funny, I get, I think it's funny when people can't remember that. Look at me, I get on the radio and can't even remember. (laughs) Yes, it's a 501c3, which is a charitable organization, which means that any donation is tax deductible. Now, you mentioned $1,000. There's an exception there. If somebody donates $1,000, that goes directly into my retirement fund. And, of course, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I want to reiterate, you better just be kidding. <laughs> I am. So, uh, or besides that, why would you ever want to retire? It's, it, you look, know, it looks like you like what you're doing. Oh, uh, You know, I feel very blessed, Don, because you know my history. I spent a lot of time in real estate and mortgage lending. And then when the market crashed in 2009, everything just came to a screeching halt. 
And I was kind of concerned about, well, what am I going to do? And uh, lo and behold, within a few days, I got a call from the community housing counselor saying they're looking for an executive director. I interviewed. I ended up getting the job. And I thought it was just going to be a temporary position. And now I'm on going on my 13th year. And you're 100% right. I love what I do. At my age, I get up in the morning and can't wait to get out of bed and take that shower and get down to the office. And speaking of age, earlier this week, <laughs> I went to somebody's 99th birthday. Oh, party. my goodness. That yeah. wasn't mine. <laughs> okay. I love what she said. She, she go, I said, you're looking great for 99 years old, yeah. you know. And she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, I hope you make it there. Although <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> So with that one, we are going to our first commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're talking with John Shore, the executive director of the California, excuse me, the Community Housing Council. This is not for the whole state of California. It's for our community. Exactly. Uh, so you mentioned in the first segment about some first-time homebuyer classes that you, you guys teach, mm -hmm. and it helps counsel people on what they need to do. Exactly. Give us a teaser or, or a brief synopsis. What, what is in this class? So if there's a listener out there who says, you know what, that's going to be for me, mm -hmm. they can attend and know what to expect. Okay, that's a great question because it is an eight-hour class. That we, yeah, it's an all-day <laughs> ordeal. But I will tell you, people come in in the morning and they kind of like got their heads down because they think I got to be here for eight hours. And by the time the class is over, they don't want to leave. They have gotten so much good information that they hang around and ask more questions. So... I know that there's a lot of good information. So I'm going to give you a real brief synopsis of what we talk about. Yeah, please, not eight hours. Yeah, no way. <laughs> if you, you got to come to the class for eight hours if you want to hear that. So we basically do an overview of what the steps are in buying a home. Getting uh, yourself mortgage ready is one of the first things that we encourage people to do. Of course, in my opinion, I think the very first thing that somebody should do is contact a housing counselor. Because we're not there to sell a house. We're not there to do a loan. We're strictly there to get you mortgage ready. And sometimes if you get to a realtor first, no offense, but sometimes that realtor will want to show houses and maybe set them up with a lender who doesn't have the right uh, knowledge or program for them. And uh, anyway, I just feel that there's a certain amount of knowledge that you can get from a housing counselor housing counselor that will then make them ready and knowledgeable to pick a realtor to pick a lender. Uh, from there, we go through the actual home buying process as if they have picked that lender, picked that realtor. So we talk about the different loans that are available. What's it take to qualify? Do you have to have uh, some money down? Is there loans available with zero down payment? We go through all the different loan programs and we talk about uh, which ones are only for certain areas of town, for example. There are geographic um, restrictions on some of these programs. And then from there, we get into some of the, the stuff I consider to be fun. We talk about all the different inspections that 
are usually done when somebody buys a house. For example, HUD is a big proponent, and I am too, of making sure that you buy a house and get a home inspection. I'm sure that you remember that form. Real estate agents give it to them. Lenders give, them the, uh, give it to the uh, buyers. And we are required to give that form also to the buyers. So anybody who leaves my class and doesn't get a home inspection is they know that they're going to have to answer to me. Yeah. So we talk about that home inspection. We talk about the other inspections like a pest control report. We talk about a roof certification if there's a concern about the roof. We talk about all those things, and we talk about the appraisal. In fact, one of the things that I get complimented on by real estate agents is that, you know, we had somebody go to your class, and the appraisal got done, and the appraisal came in low, and the buyers weren't freaked out at all because they knew what, that, what the options were. We cover that kind of stuff in the class, so the buyers become very savvy. And uh, that's one of the reasons I think it's such a good thing. We, we go all the way through the process, and we actually finish up the day talking about what to look for when they do their final walkthrough, which is about the last thing that the buyer has to do before they start making payments. Yeah, and I liked what you just said, the story you told about an appraisal coming in low and the buyer not freaking out. Yeah. Kudos to the professionals that help those buyers yeah. because – those buyers were able to focus on the appropriate thing, not just the appraisal. Yeah. So, um, uh, and shoot, that home may have had more value to them because their grandparents lived down the street. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, or the appraiser was, I had one where I, I, I can't feel too bad for the appraiser, but in a way I do. You know, they're limited to oh, yeah. certain parameters. Yeah. And um, like they can only go so many months back. But the appraiser also has to appraise in the rear view mirror, mm. looking back where the buyer has to buy what's available now, yeah, looking good, forward. Good analogy, yes. Yeah. So those professionals, whether it be the realtor, the counselor, the lender, were able to get the buyer to focus on the appropriate thing. Mm. And, and now there's some times where that's a, a very legitimate thing for the buyer to say, Hey, I'm not going to buy it if that's right. It, or I can't buy it yep. if it only appraised for that because that means I need more cash yep, as a down payment. I, explain how that works when a low appraisal comes in. Well, again, there's a lot of different options. The first one, and, and this maybe comes from my experience at selling real estate, is that you can sit down and negotiate with the seller and let them know that their house isn't what the buyer thought it was worth and that their loan is going to be based on that uh, appraised value, not the purchase price. And here's what the options are. You can drop your price, and this person will go ahead with the purchase. Or there can be some other ways to make that work, but we go through and explain all that. It's not the end of the world. One of the ones, and I'll switch gears a little bit here, but one of the things that I like to talk about is what happens when the pest control report comes back and you find out that house has to be tented a lot of people think oh no i'm not buying that house it's full of bugs and that i don't i wouldn't want to buy that house and quite frankly i'm somebody who's had my house tented and i haven't seen a bug ever since i mean mm -hmm. it, i think it's one of the best things a person can have to do to a house before you take ownership of it so some of those things that look like they're negative can actually be turned into real positive things 
You know, that's a good way to look at it, and that's a great analogy about the tenting or fumigation right. because if you, there's a termite report and they don't require fumigation, mm-hmm. that might mean that the, the the bugs just aren't seen yet. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're still three inches under the ground. That's right. They haven't actually made it to the foundation, but give them a few months, they'll get there. That's right. Eventually. Once that tenting's there, that means they ain't no more. That's right. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty, pretty uh, stringent gas that they put into that home. But it, uh, I remember talking to the guys that did it at my house and they said, well, we only guarantee this for so many years. But he says, I can guarantee you, you won't have any, he won't put it in writing, but you're not going to have any bugs in this house for at least five years. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty impressed with that. You know, and focus is a key word, too, for a buyer. If I can tell you how many times that a home inspection is done and they, the buyer might get freaked out and lose focus because there's... Uh, an electrical outlet that's bad yeah well and and then there's focus on that like oh man maybe we should back out of this thing Mm -hmm. and not focusing on the entire picture of this is a really good location Mm -hmm. this is the right size for us yeah Uh, there's lots of amenities in the home you know the roof is newer but there's a 25 dollar bad electrical (laughs) outlet (laughs) And there's, what, 20 outlets in the house and only one is bad? I yeah. think that's pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So focus is important. And hopefully that's something that you guys go through in the home buyer class. Yep, we do that as well. You bet. Yeah. Keep them cool and calm. That's right. Yeah, I always tell people when you buy a home, put on about two or three extra pairs of socks because we don't want you to get cold feet during the process. Oh. <laughs> you don't actually come up with bad jokes like that. I, I thought that's what I did. Well, I think I got that from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you may have. <laughs> um, all right. So anything else that you go on this eight-hour class? We got the steps in buying, inspections. Yeah, we talk about some of the programs that are out there that uh, are maybe a little obscure. Maybe they're not available at all times. Uh, One that comes to mind is a program called the WISH program. You'll probably be familiar with that. It's a program that banks offer, and it actually allows somebody who has very little money for the down payment and closing costs to take that money, put it in the bank, and they take that money times four, and all of a sudden you've got a lot of money to use for down payment. And people just glow when they hear about that. Nobody's ever told them about that. The WISH program. The WISH program. The acronym that I know best is the POP loan, you know, because we hear about DPA, down payment assistance, right, right. Cal Halfa, the POP loan. That's where you get your down payment from your dad. <laughs> oh. That's what my kids told me. Don't we have to go to a break now? <laughs> <laughs> a break from those jokes? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, and you did say the right word. It is time for our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio from the Community Housing Council, uh, we have John Shore. John's a veteran in the real estate industry, started in 19, what, 84? 
85. 85. All right. Uh, Has done sales, lending, and counseling. And now the CEO of the Community Housing Council, a nonprofit organization that um, helps home ownership, people with home ownership issues. And we're approved by HUD. So the classes we teach are all uh, allow us to give a certificate to people that might need that with some program like the WISH program we just talked about or a down payment assistance program. Uh, Or if somebody buys a home with a USDA loan, they need to have a certificate that they've attended our class. That's we do so much home buyer education for those different programs. There's something else that you guys do a lot of, and one that I re- feel is really, really important. And you help counsel people on how to avoid predatory lending. Tell what is predatory lending? Is it just charging too much? Well, it's that's one of the definitions. When predat- the word predatory lending came out. I took offense at it because when I had my mortgage company, we didn't uh, do anything that would ever be considered predatory. But, you know, I guess my mortgage company was one of the few that didn't do some predatory. So, yeah, it started out by uh, somebody overcharging for a loan. Uh, Lenders used to be able to charge fees up front and then receive a rebate from the mortgage company, and that's been outlawed now. And that got rid of a lot of those predatory lenders. But you can still be a predatory lender and not be charging too much because predatory just means that you're taking advantage of the borrower. And you can do that by not telling the borrower everything, withholding material facts that if they knew these things, they wouldn't go through with that loan. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to people that I wish would have come to me before they signed their name to those loan documents because those loan documents weren't explained properly. And sometimes uh, people were told things like, well, if you want this loan, you need to sign this paper. And people want that loan, so they sign that paper not realizing what they're signing. So there's all different types of predatory lending, and even though the Dodd-Frank Act has eliminated a lot of it, it's still alive and well because, unfortunately, we have people out there that have no morals, people that don't understand fiduciary responsibility. You know, that's a word that uh, is real big in, uh, when I teach a class, letting people know that everybody that deals with you needs to have that fiduciary uh, responsible to you. Fiduciary meaning trust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The highest form of trust. And, I, you know, we're in a different time of society now, the last 20 years, because we're making the transition from uh, always dealing face-to-face mm. and, you know, uh, kitchen table or office. Yep. Uh, you would actually see the, the person you're dealing with. Yeah. And it's, I have to admit, it's a little easier to trust somebody that you can see. Yeah. But so much now, the last 20 years, is being done online mm-hmm. and on the phone. Yeah. Um, gosh, how many phone calls do we each get each week mm-hmm. from somebody saying, hey, do you need cash? Uh, you know, we, we do loans and, uh, and this is all on the, by telephone, uh, d- done online you may be dealing with somebody on the east coast yeah who knows 
You could be dealing with somebody who just got out of prison and if there's, they're not convinced that they need to walk the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have seen uh, cases where people have just been told one thing that is not true at all, and uh, they go ahead with the, pro- the, the loan because they need that loan, or at least they think they need it, because yeah, after all, this guy sounds very legitimate on the phone. I've always told people to be work with somebody that you can reach out and touch because uh, that way you, you get that face-to-face and you can really tell generally if somebody is being straightforward and honest. But, Don, this just brings home one of the reasons why I like to have people find a housing counselor first because one of the things I tell people is we want to be an ongoing resource for you. So even after you buy your home and move in, if you have some issues with that house that you don't understand, then come back to us because we teach a maintenance class, letting people know when and what they need to be able to do to that home. Sometimes it's simply uh, something that somebody will call and say, geez, I bought this house and I don't know who to call because my water heater isn't working right. Well, did you get a home warranty? Oh yeah, I did. That's who you call, and that's what's a beautiful thing about a home warranty. you mm-hmm. got a warranty that covers most of the things in the house. you got one phone number to call. So predatory lending doesn't just mean charging extra high interest rates or points. It could be avoiding some of the um, or steering clear of some of the things like the ability to repay, yeah. which thanks to the Dodd-Frank Act, uh, which was what, 2011? 2010. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Passed in 09 and went into law 2010. All right. And that says that the lender has to exhibit or show that the client has the ability to repay. John, you and I saw one recently where I'm just going to round the numbers off, but it it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) They have $5,000 a month income and their payment with taxes and insurance included is close to 4,500. Yeah. That leaves leave them money for anything else, doesn't right. it? Right. That's the new payment <coughs> uh, on this refinance. Mm-hmm. Had they stayed with the old one of seventeen hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month, it, that would have been tight yeah. at five thousand a month. But it's it's doable. I can you can see that ability to repay. But uh, you're not going to eat, put gas in your car, pay for gas and electric utilities for only $500 a month. Well, and Don, you bring up a great point because on this particular case you're talking about, the lender, in order to avoid that ability to repay, switched the borrowers from a residential loan, which means it's a consumer loan, it's a house you're going to live in, not to run a business, it's your residence, because all of those laws that Dodd-Frank came up with are good laws, but they only apply to single-family, one-to-four-unit properties. But when the lender tells you you don't qualify for those, so we're going to put you into this loan, which we can get you, and it's labeled a commercial loan or even a business loan sometimes, um, all of that, all of those laws that are there to protect the home buyer go away. And... Uh, you know, this particular case that you and I are working on, um, I've talked to the the president of the company, and he said, we only charge X number of points. That's not predatory. 
And it's like, yeah, well, how about the fact that you didn't even tell them that they were getting a commercial loan? The home, the, the initial application said it's a home that we live in, it's a refinance. And they skirted around that one, and that's why I think these folks are going to be wishing they hadn't uh, done what they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it fair enough for the lender to say, well, they signed it? <laughs> well, <clears throat> people sign stuff a lot of times without having it explained properly. And, you know, people in lending are pretty knowledgeable, and if they're a crook and pretty knowledgeable, then they know how to mislead somebody. And, you know, we know what's on print. We know what they signed, but we don't know what was said in order to get that person to sign. Um, you know, if a person's going to be a crook and commit fraud, it doesn't matter what industry they're in, they're going to figure out a way to convince somebody to move forward with whatever they're trying to sell. And that's a great statement to alert people that before you do something major, like sell your home, mm -hmm. list your home, uh, do a refinance on your home, not a bad idea to have some, a professional look mm -hmm. it over too. It, someone that you can trust. And if you're strictly on the phone and online, it, it, it's harder yeah. I, and there's a lot of good people out yep, there, there are. that are online uh doing business and there's probably people that face to face are not so good yeah it's just a little easier to have your antenna up <coughs> if you can see them too yeah absolutely <coughs> yeah predatory lenders are still out there they're just uh having to do business a little different than they used to and uh, that's what makes it difficult to spot. But to your point about helping people before they get to that point where they've signed documents, this is where we like to be considered that ongoing resource. Before you get yourself committed, bring those papers to us. In fact, one of the things about the Dodd-Frank Act, uh, you know, the document called this closing disclosure that everybody who buys a home gets and they're supposed to have three days before they can sign their loan documents. And that three days, a lot of people don't know why do they have to wait three days. And the answer is simply it gives you time to look that closing disclosure over. And if something doesn't look right, you can call a housing counseling agency because with that closing disclosure that gets sent to the borrowers is a list of all the housing counseling agencies in town. And we encourage people to call us. We don't charge a dime for that service. We call it loan document review. Mm -hmm. And th I wish more people would take advantage of that. Me too. All right. With that, we're going to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Won't take nothing but a memory from the house that Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Mr. John Shore of the Community Housing Council is with us today. Um, we've been talking about housing counseling, uh, some of the very important things to know about home ownership. But there's something new happening out here on Blackstone Avenue. That's right. And it affects the Community Housing Council. It's actually because of the Community Housing Council. Tell us about your new thrift shop. I would love to, Don. 
When I came to work at the Community Housing Council, one of my things that I had in the horizon that I really wanted to see the nonprofit achieve is getting a thrift shop because a thrift shop <coughs> helps uh, is give us more additional income because uh, in those years that HUD doesn't give us as much funding as we need, we can earn it ourselves through the thrift shop. So I'm happy to say that uh, we've signed a five-year lease on a great location on Blackstone. It's right uh, next to Kelly Moore Paint, if you know where that is, just north of Ashland. Uh, it's a almost 5,000-square-foot store. We opened July 11th. Sales are good, but we always could use more sales and donations. We are a thrift store that has a big truck, and if you have something you want to donate, give us a call. We'd be happy to come out there and pick it up. And um, oh, we, we've got all kinds of stuff. The, we've got a lot of furniture donated, good quality furniture that would be great for a first-time home buyer that spent all their money buying the house, and now they need some furniture, and we've got it at great prices. Okay, so you take in donations too, and, and I want to make this segue. So real estate agents, as we're helping mm -hmm. our sellers sell a home, sometimes it's a good idea to thin out the house. That's right. Um, I call it the 25% rule <laughs> in marketing. And that is, in marketing your home, you want to remove about 25% of the things um, and in some cases, 35%, or you know, maybe or some cases only 10%. <laughs> but, um, and that's to make it uh, more spacious yeah. uh, and to show off the house. So here's an opportunity as you're getting the home ready for listing mm -hmm. to call the Community Housing Council. And I'm going to get your, the phone number and the contact information here in just a bit. But great idea to donate a few things. Um, it, and because it's a donation yep. to a nonprofit, <clears throat> it's tax deductible, right? Yep, every bit of that is a tax deduction. All right. Tell us how to <clears throat> get a hold of them or what to do. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of different phone numbers because the, um, the, the best phone number to call is our, the office number, the 559-221-6919. That will always get you to um, a housing counselor, and they can actually transfer the call over to the thrift shop. But I will also let you know that the thrift shop has its own phone number, and it is 243-4380, 559-243-4380. And that's direct to the that's thrift shop. That's direct to the thrift shop. So you could call the thrift shop. Uh, or the housing council and say, I have a pool table, a couch, uh, a weight set, and I want to donate it. Just today, Don, a lady called me. She had held an estate sale at her house and needed some tables. And through a friend, they knew we had tables that were available. So I delivered five tables to her to use for her estate sale. And when I went back to pick up my papers or my tables, I asked her about um, the rest. How did the estate sale go? And they had done a couple of yard sales, but she still had some furniture left over. And you know, she said that I guess I'm going to have to donate that to a thrift shop, not realizing that we had our own thrift shop. So I, of course, I gave her the sales pitch for the community housing thrift shop, and. Um, 
I get this phone call today that she says, if you're interested in that furniture you looked at, you can come by and get it at any time. And it's just like, wow, I'm glad I got a big truck because there's a lot of nice furniture that she's donating. So you guys have trucks, <clears throat> the truck, and, and do you, you have staff to pick it up. Absolutely, yeah. All you got to do is call us and we'll set up an appointment and uh, uh, you might just get to meet me because many times I like to drive that truck out there and help the fellow that's loading it. Oh, gee, that would be worth it in itself. <laughs> Well, maybe. (laughs) We'll go with that, Dodge. Why not? Right, right. I'm just saying that because you're the guest on today's show. Okay, make me feel good, right? Right. So what kind of donations do you take? Do you take clothes? There's very very few things we don't take. So, yes, we take clothing. We take household items. Uh, If somebody brings us something and, let's say, 80% 80% of it is good stuff, and then there's that 20% that's bad. We're so kind that we'll say, leave it all, and we'll take the 20% and put it in a dumpster. Because I would rather have people say, I want to go back to them because they took stuff that, you know, the other people wouldn't tell uh, take. <clears throat> I guess it's okay to mention the competition here, but everybody knows Goodwill, right? That's uh, probably the largest thrift store in the United States. I had a fellow come in the store the other day, and he says, you know what I like about your store? I said, well, it could, I think there's a lot of things here you could like. He goes, no, I like this store because it doesn't smell like Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking that could be our new slogan, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the difference is that we do have a lot of nice stuff, that, and some of that stuff that they carry at that other place, we toss out because it's we don't want stuff that people – look at and say, oh, I can't believe they're trying to sell this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we move that stuff out the back door. Okay, so do you ever buy items, or is it just strictly donations? Well, we kind of get go half and half on that. We don't outright buy stuff, but we do take items on consignment mm. because we have a much better chance of selling it than you do out of your home trying to put it on Craigslist or f- f- Facebook. So just today, as I was leaving the store, somebody bought a a really nice dog kennel that I was real concerned about when they brought it in because it was pretty good-sized dog kennel. And, you know, I didn't know if we should set it up outside or inside, but I knew we needed to set it up. People won't buy something that they can't visually see. So I set that dog kennel up in our store, uh, and today when I came in, uh, just before I came here, guess what? They sold that dog kennel. And now that dog kennel was on consignment, which means that part of that income will come to us, but the majority of that income goes to the person that had it on consignment. So we don't buy it until we sell it. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. we do buy stuff like that. All right. Um, I think I know the answer to this. Is there any guarantee with this this stuff? Let's say you buy an old refrigerator. Yeah, we're very careful about that because uh, our uh, right on our sales slip it says all sales are final and you're buying it as is. But for example, I've got a refrigerator freezer right now at the store that um, is plugged in and running. It, we make sure that it does work and uh, we've sold a couple of refrigerators already. We've got the freezer, got a lot of micro <coughs> microwaves for example. In fact, there was a microwave that was donated that uh, didn't have a handle on it. 
So guess what? I put a new handle on that microwave, checked it out, and that microwave sells for $350. It's available at the thrift shop right now as we speak for 20 bucks. That's the type of deal that people can get at a thrift store. And had you had a real professional fix it, you could have <laughs> sold it for 50 bucks, right? <laughs> no, the, and, and sadly enough, the handle cost me $15, but oh. I, I just could not sell a item that didn't have a handle on it. You know, a microwave got to have a handle. Yeah, right. To be able to get in there and get that uh, warm item. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about a lot of stuff that Community yeah. Housing Council does today, the thrift store. We've talked about education, housing counseling. What? Tell me, what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Well, uh, we do a lot of different things at the Community Housing Council, and we want to make sure that if it has to do with housing, please give us a call because if we're not the right person that you should be talking to, we probably do know who the right person is. One of the things that HUDS requ requires of us is that we know where to refer people. And I'll give you a quick example. We don't help people that are homeless. Not that we wouldn't like to, but that's just not something that we're prepared to do. But if we have somebody call that says, look, I just got booted out of my place. I don't have a place to live tonight. We have a list of the homeless shelters that have openings. So we can help that person, but it's not somebody that we'd help directly through referral. So mm -hmm. give us a call. We'll we'll tell you who you should be calling if it's not us. And that's 221-6919. That's correct. The Community yep. Housing Council. That's the best okay. number to call. 30 seconds or less. Give us your best real estate advice. Oh, I think everybody needs to buy a home. HUD has a saying that I like to say, and it goes like this. Home ownership is the platform for a better quality of life. And when you think about that, uh, you got to have a place to live, and you don't get anything if you pay rent. But when you buy a house, you're getting a tax deduction, you're getting equity buildup, and you get ahead in life because generally prices go up and equity gains. And I'd like to add something that I just learned this week. Um, when you buy, you're not only buying a home, but you're buying a bundle of rights, mm. the rights to that place. Yeah. So. I was driving a rental car this week. I get a phone call from the rental car company saying, you need to bring it in today because we've sold your vehicle. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you a new one. But it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't tell me. Then I got to thinking, you know what? I was just renting it. I wasn't yeah, buying it. Not your car. I don't have the, that yeah. bundle of rights. Yeah. There, so I had to bring the car back in. And, and I got a better one. I, I did a little <laughs> negotiating. So there's your tip, listeners. Did a little negotiating. You know, I didn't put them on the spot, and I ended up with a better vehicle. Well, good. And Same you, cost. And you didn't threaten to talk about them on the radio show, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in today, and we'll be back again next Saturday. Thank you, and thank you, John Short. You're welcome.